What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Johnners. So, this is our special WrestleMania edition. So, the, the granddaddy of them all, the, the show of shows, is finally upon us. Uh, we've seen it. We spent all seven and a half hours watching it. Uh, Sunday night going into Monday morning, and it was an epic, epic show. Uh, today, I've got two special guests with me. Um, I've got Half Decent, and I've got uh, uh, one of my wrestling friends, Heather. So, Heather and Half Decent, or can, can I call you Chris for the for the for the podcast, Chris? Um, Heather and Chris, welcome to Wrestling with Johnners. You've been on it before. You reviewed Wrestle Kingdom for me at the beginning of January, but welcome back to the podcast and thanks for jumping on to review WrestleMania with us. Thank oh, you for right. having us. Yeah, having happy us. to be here. Yeah, it's brilliant to have you back on. Um, so it, we, we're not going to go seven and a half hours with this podcast. We're, we're, we're going to go <laughs> much, much shorter. Um, but uh, kind of going into WrestleMania, two of you, I mean, what was your kind of expectations? Were you excited? Uh, were you kind of not as hyped for this WrestleMania compared to previous years? Uh, kind of, you know, where, where was your mind at going into WrestleMania before the, the big show itself? You know, tell me your excitement levels, first of all. Yeah, definitely not as excited about this WrestleMania as I have been about other ones, which is really sad. So why was that then? Why was that, Heather? Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not. The main event really wasn't, wasn't kind of. Um, they're not my favourite wrestlers. I didn't really like the setup to it. We'll obviously get to that a bit later on, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of didn't really think it was, it was, you know, what I wanted to see. Um, and some of the people who I wanted to see further up on the card weren't, and I didn't think that that was great. Um, having said that, having watched it, completely changed my opinion, loved it, um, yeah. and some fantastic matches to talk about. You're not alone in that. I think a lot of people were let down by the build to some of the matches, yeah. and you know, some of it felt a bit flat going into it, um, and they kind of focused on just one or two matches. And uh, yeah. um, but what about yourself, Chris? I mean, you sounds like you've uh, got different different opinions there. Uh, you sound like you're a little bit more hyped for WrestleMania going into <laughs> it. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of matches for me that I thought would be the potential to be the standout match. Um, even looking as early down as the card for. Uh, Seth versus Brock, I thought seeing them in a one-on-one match would be good. Uh, AJ and Orton, I thought would be a good match. The Kofi Daniel Bryan, I knew that this the time yeah. for both of them to deliver. I thought there was a lot of opportunity. Um, whether whether there was a couple of dud matches here or there, or matches that didn't really need to be on the on the pay-per-view, that's uh, that's kind of subject to opinion. But yeah. I feel like there were some people they could have done more with and others that, you know, I think definitely had a moment where they could just do their best and actually show that they're worthy to be on WrestleMania. So that was why I was quite excited for it, because I felt like there was a lot of chance to get this one right if they wanted to. Yeah. So uh, I know that, um, like I said, there's there's a lot of people that felt very similar to the way Heather did, wasn't that hyped for it going into it. Um, overall, you know, I, I was kind of looking forward to as WrestleMania week developed and it got closer to the show, I think I got more and more excited. I think yeah. like, like a lot of people. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about the individual matches in a moment. First of all, I'm very interested to know from both of you kind of what your kind of first memories of a WrestleMania and, and uh, kind of dating back how far, what was the first one you saw either on, on DVD or, you know, on Sky or um, Chris, what about you first? What was your first, what's your first memories of a wrestlemania i don't even know if i can remember my first mania um but i know the the moment i got into it was the same as most uk fans uh my auntie actually um ordered summerslam 92 on a pay-per-view and i watched that round hers i think that was the first time 
I was ever exposed to wrestling. And then that weekend, we ended up at like a car boot sale and there was a VHS that was uh, the greatest matches of WrestleMania, but it only it only had WrestleMania one to four. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and so so my, my first and it wasn't even the greatest matches like it was just whatever matches they thought they would throw on a on a vhs but that was definitely my first exposure to what wrestlemania was and i think the first match was like the battle royal on, on the first wrestlemania yeah um and i remember there being a british bulldogs match probably from wrestlemania 3 so it didn't even really show me the best of what wrestlemania had to offer but that was definitely my my kind of first exposure to wrestling. And then I just started collecting VHSs before I even really got into what was going on at the time. So I don't even think I caught up properly until the attitude era when I yeah. was, yeah. So now Heather, you're, you're a slightly newer wrestling fan. You've been uh, watching it for the last few years. Um, you, you are an avid fan now and uh, into all the storylines. Uh, but, but uh, what, what was the first kind of, memory of a wrestlemania for you uh how far back does it does it go and uh, kind of what what are your memories from that first wrestlemania um i watched wrestlemania for the first time about four years ago yeah. um and i remember just being a little bit like oh, okay cool i'll watch this you know that's fine i think my boyfriend at the time was watching it so i was like okay you know what he likes wrestling you know my dad has always been a massive wrestling fan as well and though it was never a big thing in our house when i was growing up and i was very young the older i've got the uh the more into what I've become. And I think a lot of people who are kind of my age um, um, who perhaps didn't really get into wrestling when they were younger are kind of getting into it now. It's becoming a bit more of an, I guess, acceptable thing. It was yeah. thing to say. But yeah, I um, absolutely love watching it. I was hooked from the minute I started watching it. My favourite thing about the wrestling that I saw was kind of how beautifully kind of choreograph the moves are yeah. I, I really love um the, the kind of talent behind it the skill behind it um the yeah. dedication of the of the people in the matches so i watch it because it's a, an amazing show um and it's fantastic lots of fun okay so another question for you both what did you think of the set this time around so every year everybody looks forward to the big reveal everybody looks forward to what the you know what the uh, the sets the stage is going to look like or what they're going to have around the ring this year they kept it a little bit more simple with a, a huge um 8k screen so it's kind of state-of-the-art technology the world's biggest screen um and uh, kind of a, a you know a canopy over the ring in case it rained with it being a, an outdoor event this time around um but uh, not not to, as, as over the top as we've seen from previous WrestleMania stages, um, did it work? Didn't it work? You know, was it was it? Did it set the right tone for the show? Um, what, what do you guys think of the set this year? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was quite cool. I like a, a minimalist approach, although I'm not too sure about the how fancy that screen was because when you saw um, Triple H coming through, um, he came through the screen, they kind of <laughs> yeah. opened it up, and it was like a bit wobbly, and I was like, oh god, it's going to break. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought it was all right, and I, yeah. I don't like anything that's too over the top. Yeah, yeah, I, f I think there's usually um, it's one of those things that there's quite a lot of talk about, and there's a lot of um, build up to it. But really, it, it doesn't matter once they once they get out and start with their entrances. Yeah. Um, but one thing I did notice in the presentation, though, um, just the overall um, show, and I don't, I can't remember if this happened last year, but it definitely happened the year before. I didn't see any 3D edition this time. Mm. And I don't know I don't know if it was because oh. I was watching it on a non 3D telly, but last time I just remember the 3D stuff not looking 
good at all. Like, for, for, so the Undertaker's lightning bolt, and um, there was that Orton had that snake when he was coming down to the ring when he was fighting Wyatt. I think all of that was all in 3D, and I, I felt this time I didn't notice any. Yeah, they, yeah, they definitely had some this time around. They did? did they? Yeah, I, know, I know they had it at the Royal Rumble. I'm not sure if they had it too. It wasn't wasn't that uh, evident um, this time around. But, uh, that memorable. Nobody yeah, knows. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, let, let's have a look at some of the matches. So there was a two-hour kickoff show, two-hour pre-show before the main show itself. Um, so so the, the kickoff show uh, went as long as any normal wrestling show, to be honest with you. But it, it had four interesting matches, and the first of which was for the, um, the WWE cruiserweight championship so buddy murphy versus tony niece uh, so tony niece won a tournament on 205 live a couple of weeks before uh, to get a title shot against buddy murphy for his cruiserweight championship um and, and buddy murphy has been the cruiserweight champion since the uh, showdown the super showdown in australia in october last year so um have you seen much of buddy murphy or tony niece before this i know that 205 Live is not one of the more popular shows on the network um, and it doesn't they don't always get a lot of exposure on the main roster um, but uh, were you familiar with these two uh, before um, this match and, and, and kind of what were your thoughts going into it? Yeah yeah definitely seen them both perform obviously a little bit more of Buddy than of Tony yeah. um, really like their styles I kind of I like how um, how kind of aggressive they are. Um, I think they're both kind of like powerhouses. Um, mm. And the, you're right when you say 205 Live doesn't really get as much exposure. Um, and those wrestlers that are on it don't get as, as much exposure as perhaps they should. I would love to see that uh, more more kind of pushed within the wrestling world. Yeah. Um, I thought they did an absolutely cracking job in the match. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to go through some of the key spots here. So quite early on, and I, 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 can't, I can't remember the spot when this happened, but Buddy Murphy got a bit of a bloody eye from a move early on in the match. Um, um, Murphy hits a, a cheeky Nando's kick in the corner before getting a two count from a, a twisting slam in the centre of the ring. Uh, nice hits a spiked inverted Rana, so quite an impressive move there. Uh, yeah. Nice then, nice then connects with a spinning dive over the top rope, almost like a, a Fosbury flop really, to the outside before nailing a 450 onto Murphy for a close near fall. Uh, Murphy manages to hit his Murphy Law, uh, which usually gets a three count against any other opponent, but Nice managed to put his foot on the rope. Uh, nice mate makes a swift recovery with a German suplex into the corner before following up with his running knee uh, to the face of Buddy Murphy. He hooked the leg and got the three counts. So the match went about nine minutes. Yeah, the running knee. Yeah, it was a, um, a theme of the, of the evening, but he, he got the three count from a running knee and uh, we have a new cruiserweight champion. So uh, Tony Nice, the new cruiserweight champion. Uh, what was your thoughts on the match? I thought that uh, it was a shame this was on the kickoff. One of the certainly one of the better matches of the of the pre-show, but um, one of the better, better matches of the whole night. What did you think? I, I loved the uh, I loved the build up of the the near falls towards yeah. the end. Like there was so many uh, like hitting their finishers and uh, foot on the ropes. All of that was, was really well done. And I thought that it, it helped build to show that it was a, it was a match worthy of the, of the, of the kind of main show rather than just the pre-show. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting to see if we ever, if we ever actually get a first cruiserweight main event, WrestleMania, um, mm. I think a lot of, a lot of emphasis is always um, obviously the women are doing great things. And uh, I think the sooner you just consider it all one product and you don't divide them, the better it will be. And uh, I think the same should be said about tag teams and cruiserweights as well. They should just all be given a shot to be the best and the, the best match should be the main event. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the only way that uh, the cruiserweights might end up on the on the main event or even on the main card of WrestleMania, they need to add some some bigger name value stars onto the uh, cruiserweight division or onto 205 Live. There's a lot of speculation that individuals like you know Johnny Gargano might end up on 205 Live in the future, or it could be something for for Ricochet to go for in the future. But uh, yeah, I think they need some more star power on 205 Live. But uh, moving on, let's have a look at uh, match number two of the pre-show, the Women's Battle Royal. So it had pretty much every female that uh, isn't on the main card, uh, either as part of the, the tag title match or the main event match in this Women's Battle Royal. I'll name off some of the names now. You had uh, Lana, Naomi, Asuka, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Ruby Riot, Carmella, uh, Candy LeRae from uh, from NXT, of course, Kyrie Sane, Sarah Logan, um, Zelina Vega and Mickey James. So uh, th- there was uh, close to 20 individuals in the ring to start this Women's Battle Royal, uh, the second annual Women's Battle Royal. And of course, Naomi won the first one in New Orleans last year. Um, just to go through some of the, the key spots, um, Asuka uh, goes for a rampage eliminating uh, Candice LeRae and Nikki Cross. So um, she goes on a bit of a rampage there, eliminating some of her competitors early on. Uh, Ember Moon eliminates Naomi. Um, then Ember Moon gets eliminated early on by Lana. Um, it, it goes on. Curry Sane hits an insane elbow on Sarah Logan. Uh, but then Curry Sane is soon eliminated by both members of the, the Riot Squad. Uh, let's see. Dana Brooke gets eliminated by Sonya Deville. Mickey James gets eliminated by uh, Mandy Rose with a super kick. It leaves eventually three individuals uh, in the ring. Asuka, Sarah Logan and Sonya Deville. Sarah uh, Logan gets rid of Asuka, leaving just herself and Sonya Deville in the ring. Logan thinks she's won the whole thing, uh, but Carmella comes from underneath the ring or from outside, uh, having not been eliminated from earlier on, and eventually eliminates Sarah Logan, who'd uh, previously thought she'd won, and Carmella wins the second annual Women's Battle Royal. Um, So... uh, a, a, a very very similar um, ending to what happened last year, if you remember, because Bailey thought yeah. that she had eliminated Sasha Banks, uh, thinking that it was just her and Sasha Banks uh, last year, and then Naomi came in um, and uh, won the match. Same outcome here. Um, different wrestlers involved. Carmella is the second ever women's WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal winner. Um, yeah, what did you think on that one, guys? Well, um, I will jump in by saying boo again. I was really annoyed about that because I thought Sarah Logan did a really, really massive, like amazing job in the in the whole Battle Royal. Yeah. I thought it was one of the best matches on the on the card. I thought it was so well done. Everybody got their spot, and I didn't even realise Carmella was in it. I she she basically hid straight away, didn't she? So nobody got to see her. And I thought, well, that's typical to her character. You know, she's a heel. She's from New York or is she from New Jersey? Like she's from yeah. around there. So people are, are going to cheer her and love her. But there were better people in that that deserved to win it. And, and I don't really need think Carmella needs another push. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Carmella's had too, too many kind of things that like first, first money in the bank, like for, yeah. for women. And it's like, she did nothing with that really. And it's, and she didn't even get that of her own, you know, um, her own skill either. Did she? It just feels like they're doing too much for Carmella when there's, uh, there's other really talented people that are ready for main event status like already. Amy. Yeah. Like yeah. There's a, there's a lot there. And I, I thought I overall a great match uh, again, a, like you said, a little bit disappointing that it ended the exact same way we've seen most battle royals end yeah. in in the last few years. Um, 
but yeah overall entertaining apart from probably the last 60 seconds yeah. <laughs> like so you can't it was it entertaining it was entertaining and uh but i, I think they probably get they gave her the, the the hometown uh rub there i think that be, with her being a hometown girl and i think um our, our next match might uh, kind of uh, have a, a similar feeling there with, with the hometown individuals. But uh, let, let's have a talk about this. So um, early one of the week, and it was a WWE.com exclusive, um, Hawkins and Ryder, so Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, challenged the Revival to a tag title match for, the, for their Raw Tag Team Championships. And here we are. It's match uh, number 16 on the card. The last match to be added um, was was very little build for this, which was quite surprising because if you think about it, Kurt Hawkins does have um, a story uh, with his uh, two-year-plus losing streak. So Kurt Hawkins was defending his 269-day or match losing streak here. So uh, had they have built this up properly um, over the last few weeks leading up to WrestleMania, it might have meant a bit more. Um, on the day, they, they kind of obviously the story was within the match itself and they certainly kind of built up um, his losing streak. Um, I'll go through some of the, the key spots here, then we'll discuss it. Uh, so the, the Revival are getting their first ever WrestleMania match um, as current Raw Tag Team Champions, of course. Uh, Dash Wilder gets a huge pop when he comes out because uh, he was the one you may remember or you may have seen from that fan footage who uh, kind of um, smashed Bret Hart's attacker from the Hall of Fame um, in the face, giving him a, a bloody nose on uh, Saturday night. Um, Michael Cole made a, a smart-ass comment about Booker T, who I think was on commentary for this match, saying that Booker T could be a three-time Hall of Fame next year um, if he gets inducted as uh, one of his less known gimmicks as GI bro um, Zack Ryder hits a double neck break on both members of the Revival uh, everyone is urging Ryder to make the hot tag to Hawkins but the Revival are wise um, and they kind of uh, knock Hawkins off the apron and cut the ring in half uh, the Re Revival are making quick tags and using their double team moves to full effect Hawkins does eventually get the hot tag and goes to work on both members of the Revival. Ryder gets the tag uh, back in and executes a suplex on Dawson, sending both members tumbling to the floor on the outside. That was quite an impressive spot. Uh, the match spills to the outside with a brain buster from Dawson onto Hawkins on the floor. Um, there's huge let's go Hawkins chants from, eight, from the 80,000 plus fans in the MetLife Stadium and uh, Dawson rolls Hawkins back into the ring uh, with Hawkins still out of his you know still out of it at this point um, after the brain buster however Dawson picks Hawkins up to his feet um, but D Hawkins rolls Dawson up with a small package for a shocking three count and Kurt Hawkins beats his losing streak by becoming one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions so they built the story up really really well I thought this was a well executed match the revival played their part um, everyone was waiting for that hot tag and once it happened uh, we, we you know we soon had new Raw Tag Team Champions so uh, like I say they could have done a lot more with this match had they have built it up but I thought it was a, a successful match on the day it certainly delivered what did you guys think loved it loved it i absolutely love Ryder and hawkins they have a show yeah. about wrestling toys that they collect which i'm obsessed with um i just think that they're so cool they're like real life best bros which is my favorite thing about yeah. wrestlers um and they were amazing they were so fun and I, I i know that chris won't agree with me here but oh controversial um but i really like it when there's like a quick roll up for a win in a match and chris is always like that's a terrible way to end a match. You, I, 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 li I like a definitive win, really. Yeah. I, li I like there to be uh, a clear winner. Or if it is a controversial win for the story, I I'm not really against it. But I think a roll-up is... 
I think I think if you're a, if you're a professional sports entertainer, you will know how to get out of a roll up quite quickly. So, I but I do I, I do want to say I think it's it's great that uh, Zach and Kurt have got a moment for themselves for the first time in a while. They've been they've been stable um the last few years they've been really good everything they do they they kind of make everything worth watching but never really get the credit for it so um glad to see them on it uh agree agree with yourself jonas there they could have been a good build-up for this but overall again glad that glad that somebody delivered in a match it was uh it was a worthy worthy match to watch yeah so really really good as well let's not forget you of know, course. they haven't been used maybe to the best of their potential so so the two of them really making it um you know a better match than maybe people thought it would have been because there was no build-up might do brilliant things for their wrestling careers from now on i hope it does Hopefully yeah it elevate them. yeah i think they've been although their championship uh, reign wasn't uh, massively lengthy um i think they've uh, been credible you know champions they, they certainly delivered in the heel spot whenever they defended their championships um and i think that uh, they're going to be a lot of people's favorite tag team especially after uh, what happened at the hall of fame on saturday uh, where uh, um one of the, the revival kind of hit the uh, the attacker of Bret Hart who um, kind of tackled him down to the ground. Did you guys see that? Have you seen the clips of that online of where uh, Bret Hart get got tackled to the ground at the Hall of Fame on Saturday? So sad. Yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 there's still no there's still no logic to it, right? But I mean, yeah, Very I, I guess it, it, it's a shame it happened to Bret. I felt the way he dealt with it was absolute mm. class. Um, other people would have just left or it would have got a little bit more, even more heated than it did. Um, I cried like a baby for the rest of the speech after that. <laughs> top <laughs> job so for all the wrestlers getting, like just getting involved to make sure that everyone was okay. Yeah. Especially New Day, making sure Natalia was out of there as quickly as possible as well. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that everybody just showed it was a class act. And um, if there's anyone else that wants to do it in the future, they, they better be prepared. <laughs> Is the plan yeah. to try and attack someone like in a room full of, early wrestlers well this is it and, and the first person to, to nearly kind of get get the attacker before he even reached Bret Hart was uh, Ronda Rousey's husband Travis Brown and he dived into that ring yeah. and uh, it would very nearly had him but uh, he is a very skilled mixed martial artist and um, I think he's one of the the leading contenders in uh, in UFC at one point and um, um, yeah you saw him kind of laying a, a few um, a few chops there and um, uh, yeah David Boy Smith Jr. was getting involved as well and uh, of course uh, um, yes that, that uh, now infamous punch uh, from the revival there but let, let's have a look at the uh, the next match and this is the final match on the pre-show the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal so this is its fifth uh, fifth year um, and I think it's been on the pre-show most years to be honest with you had wrestlers in there that weren't on the main card such as Bobby, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable, The Ascension, uh, Andrade, Mustafa Ali, uh, Tucker, Tucker and uh, Dojovic, the uh, Heavy Machinery, the Lucha House Party, Tyler Breeze, No Way Jose, um, Jinder Mahal, Apollo Crews, Rhino and Braun Strowman. And of course, you had the uh, the, the, the two um, comedians from Saturday Night Live in there as well. 
uh, Colin Jost and Michael Shea. So there was plenty of eliminations, mainly from Strowman in the first couple of minutes. Uh, Slater takes a heavy bump against the guardrail as he gets eliminated. Uh, Mustafa Ali gets rid of No Way Jose. Uh, the Hardys eliminated Rhino. Andrade eliminates Kalisto and Gable. Um, so it's down to the, the final uh, few. You had Strowman eliminate both members of the Hardy Boys. So Jeff and Matt gets eliminated by Strowman before turning his attention to the two Saturday night jokers who were kind of hiding outside the ring um, up until the last few. They thought that they could uh, eliminate Strowman as he kind of tries to get rid of the Hardy Boys. So uh, very similar to uh, the 1992 Royal Rumble when you had uh, Hogan on the outside and Ric Flair tumble Sid over the ropes. It's kind of they were trying to get that sort of elimination. On, on, Broman, on Braun Strowman um, but uh, uh, Jost then introduces his therapist um, who then gets beaten to a pulp by Strowman Strowman's having none of it uh, before he uh, slaps Shay to the floor um, Strowman wins the battle royal by tossing uh, Colin Jost over the top rope onto the waiting pile of eliminated wrestlers before becoming the fifth winner of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So it's more of a, a comedy uh, battle royal, to be honest with you. Uh, Braun Strowman, you know, gets his gets his moment, uh, his WrestleMania moment. Wasn't the best uh, WrestleMania uh, battle rules by any stretch of the imagination. Like I said, it's mainly there to kind of highlight uh, Colin Jost and Michael Shea. Um, but uh, what did you think of this one, guys? I, I was kind of glad to see the end of it personally, but uh, did you enjoy it at all? Wow. Um, i tell you what, I will say this. New York is a comedy town, right? So compared to other kind of big cities that they've been to, comedy is a massive part of New York's culture. So an SNL, right, it's been going for a million years now. So that's that's kind of an important part of everyone who, who lives there's culture, and I get why they put it in there. Okay. They could have done it differently. I don't like Braun Strowman, so I didn't want him to win anyway. I thought it was ridiculous how... I thought it was poorly choreographed. Nobody really got a good spot. Um, and it was compared to the women's battle royale, it was it was just a shambles. So overall, didn't like it. I feel as <laughs> I, I think I I also didn't like it, but I think the worst thing is that it's almost making it like this. If they continue it down this route, it's just disrespectful to Andre the Giant, really. Oh God, yeah. Like that's the yeah. that's the only the only thing I keep thinking is that this even when this first happened. It was almost like a chance to give people who hadn't yet had um, a big moment or maybe a bit too old for it, um, but had they, they had something else that they could now do to be a part of a show like WrestleMania and still deliver and do something good um, or to build up like it's kind of like a stepping stone for new people, which yeah. I think they're they're totally missing the trick of what a battle royal could actually be. That's right. I feel like that about so most of the things that happen in WWE nowadays. Like a lot of it is mistricks. So no, it's a shame. I think you're both onto a good point here. I think it there needs to be there needs to be something at the end of it. There needs to be a prize or a award or potentially a future title shot or something like that. Um, and like Chris said, it needs to be a platform for um, you know, newer wrestlers, maybe the odd uh, appearance from somebody from um, NXT or NXT UK, or just something as a bit of a launching pad for somebody new. Now, <clears throat> I know a previous winner of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal has been Braun Strowman, and he was a on NXT at the time when he won it. I think it was in Dallas in uh, 2016. And then he immediately made his debut on the main roster the night after. Um, and uh, that was obviously the plan for him was to um, make his uh, 
Man lost the debut on the on the kind of battle royal and they get promoted the following night. And that works for him. And, you know, he's been a prominent player on the main roster since. Um, but they should use this more as an opportunity to get some of the younger or lesser known talent over. Uh, but also, you know, failing that, there needs to be a reward at the end of it, basically. Um, and uh, they're kind of missing a trick, as you quite rightly said, Heather. But um, let's move on to the main show. Uh, because uh, Alexa Bliss, if you wasn't aware, was the host of WrestleMania 35, um, and she uh, she she came out and um, she said that she can make WrestleMania moments um, just by snapping her fingers, and that's exactly what she did. And uh, who should come out? Um, the 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 red and yellow Hulkamania, um, Hulk Hogan made his WrestleMania return and uh, he came out to uh, to tell us uh, to, to welcome us to the MetLife Center. So not only did he uh, kind of make a joke about him getting the the name of the uh, of the of the Superdome wrong in 2014 when he called it the Silverdome, uh, but in his attempt to uh, to make amends, he actually called the MetLife Stadium the MetLife Center. So Hulk Hogan uh, botches once again. Uh, we then see Paul Heyman march to the ring uh, to say that if uh, Brock Lesnar is not on last, then they are not waiting, and the match for the Universal Championship opens the show. So uh, that, that's uh, something that uh, we haven't seen before, the Universal Championship um, open a big card like this. Um, but uh, there we have it, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Now, um, just to rattle through some of the, the key moments, now it, it wasn't a lengthy match by any stretch of imagination, only went about three minutes, uh, but Lesnar attacks Rollins before uh, the match can even get underway. Uh, Lesnar hits an F5 in the outside uh, before brutalising Rollins uh, against the side of the ring, uh, before throwing Rollins um, over the announced desk, uh, not once but twice. Lesnar throws Rollins back into the ring and demands that the ref rings the bell to start the match. Uh, the ref says that uh, he has to check on Rollins first to see if he can go, uh, and then the match does eventually get started. Uh, Lesnar attempts an F5 in the centre of the ring, only for Rollins to escape and hit a low blow before nailing um, the, the, the champ with a curb stomp. Um, he hits the curb stomp a second and a third time, and then Rollins covers and the ref counts to three. And then within three minutes, we have a new Universal Champion. Seth Rollins opens the show with a win and a new champion. Guys, um, a bit of a shocking way to start WrestleMania. Um, did you enjoy it? Uh, what did you think of the match? Yeah. Love Seth Rollins. Love um, a kind of a Brock Lesnar beatdown. Uh, massive fan of Paul Heyman. He's probably my favorite person in wrestling. Um I, I, I liked the, uh, the the Hulk Hogan start as well. I thought that was quite cool. Um, yeah. And then to have it interrupted by Paul, just like, I don't care about this. WrestleMania doesn't mean anything to us. Look, at, we can go to Vegas anytime we want. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what I want to see. I want to see people just doing what they need to do to get the job done. Um, but unfortunately, Brock couldn't do it. Um, and this is good because Seth, Seth is kind of, um, I think, ready to kind of move himself, move up, move up in the roster, move up. Uh, become the champion again uh, so I was glad that he won um, you know I'd like to see more from him whether or not I want to see him stay at WWE forever uh, is another question mark but yeah good match well done nice and quick nice and brutal yeah yeah and uh, what about yourself Chris yeah one of, one of the things I've always liked about Brock's matches is the fact that they do feel um, a little bit more impactful like regardless of who he's fighting there's always uh, that big fight feel to it, that feel of anything could happen at any moment. The, yeah, the kind of feel that, yeah, yeah. And it's just something that not a lot of wrestlers have managed to to do well, but Brock's always done it just because of his intensity. And uh, I think Seth, 
Seth did excellent to to combat it in a way where you couldn't really question whether that was, you know, I know there was a low blow involved and it's it's kind of a Brock can come back any minute now, whether it's in six months or, or six weeks and say, you know what, you didn't actually beat me. You, you know, you cheated to beat me. Let's do it again. And I'll watch it. Um, I think it was is good to see such a such a strong match early on on the card as well. Yeah. Um, I think it was a really good decision because it just gets it just gets you hyped up really early. So yeah, um, yeah I thought it was a big win um, for Seth. I hope they match him with some really good people moving forward. It should be a good run for him. Yeah, who would you like to see him uh, go up against as a future contender to his uh, championship then? I mean, now that... Because Brock appeared to kind of hold the championship hostage almost for um, for quite a while. Um, but um, who, who would you like to see uh, go, up in, go up against Seth in the future? Who do you think would be a good contender? As long as it's not Shane McMahon, I think I'll be... <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'd like to see him against oh. Finn Balor. Finn, Finn and, yeah. and Seth. Finn and yeah. Seth would be yeah. great. Um, yeah. The people people in the next match, Orton and AJ, they could do great things yeah. for, for Seth's run. Even just if Seth, if Seth were to hold it for another year now, uh, he could go through quite a few big players and, and, and it still be a legit... But run and a big thing for the Sammy's what his career needs now. So Sammy would be yeah, good. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, like I say, we'll, we'll talk more about possible contenders as the show rolls on. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's good to have uh, a, a, another individual other than Brock Lesnar carry the championship. And uh, I think he's going to be a fantastic champion. So let's have a look at um, the match that supposedly was going to open the show until plans change. Uh, you know what they say, if you can't close the show, it's always best to open the show. So that's probably why Brock Lesnar got his way there to open uh, open the show. Um, but the next show on the card, the next match on the card was AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Um so this has had a fairly good build on SmackDown Live the last few weeks. They have got quite personal in their promos to one another. Um, just to rattle through kind of the, some of the key spots here, uh, Styles starts to match, starts to mash match with a forearm smash nailing Orton um, on the outside. Orton comes back launching Styles from the ring apron into the barrier. Um, AJ applies a calf crusher only for Autumn to grab hold of the bottom rope. AJ then nails a springboard 450, landing heavily on Orton, uh, but only managed to get a two count for his trouble there. Orton recovers enough to execute a massive superplex from the top turnbuckle. That was quite an impressive spot, and both guys seem to suffer on that move. Orton does hit an RKO onto AJ Styles, uh, but only for a two count. A lot of people were surprised. A lot of people were waiting for uh, an RKO, and when they got it, it didn't win the match. Um, Orton set Styles up for an RKO from the top turnbuckle, but when uh, but AJ was able to wriggle out of the move to kick Orton uh, to the outside, where AJ manages to connect with a phenomenal forearm to the outside. Uh, then he hits another phenomenal forearm whilst they're back into the ring, and that was enough to win the match. So the phenomenal forearm gets it, and uh, he covers, gets the one, two, three. AJ Styles wins this match. I think people were expecting or were looking for kind of the next, um, you know. WrestleMania RKO. They didn't get a WrestleMania RKO, not uh, one off of a moonsault or anything like that that we've seen in the past. Um, but uh, what did you think of the match? And uh, you know, were you surprised that AJ Styles won the match? Uh, give us your thoughts. No, I thought AJ deserved to win the match. Um, I again, not really a massive Randy Orton fan. I think it's probably got something to do with the fact uh, that I didn't watch him wrestle at all. Uh, during the kind of beginning of his career so I don't okay. know him and I haven't got a connection to him yeah. um, whereas I do with AJ I think he's brilliant and I think he's worked very hard to get where he is 
again, another one of those wrestlers I don't think is being used to his full potential. Um, yeah, I, you know, to be honest with you, I think it was probably one of the more forgettable matches um, of the night, which is a shame because I've seen AJ live and, and he is he is one of those the most talented um, talented wrestlers. So it's a shame that they didn't put something together that really enticed me. Mm, no, I do have to agree with you there. I thought the build to the match did get a lot of people excited for this match. Now, um, I don't think anybody would would ever consider Randy Orton one of the more technical, technically gifted wrestlers in the world, but uh, he can pull off a good match. Certainly, when he's in his uh, his heel, uh, Randy Orton persona, he's much more effective as a heel than he is a babyface. And I thought the the two. You know, they, they, they had every chance and the full potential to turn this into a great match. Maybe had they have had another five minutes, maybe had there have been a, a WrestleMania-worthy RKO um, or something to get people out of their seats. Um, but it, it was OK for what it was. Could have gone another few more minutes, maybe. Uh, just didn't quite get into third gear, in my opinion. Uh, what did you think, uh, Chris, on this one? Yeah, it was a match I was really looking forward to. Um, AJ is one of my favorites, and I do, as much as I know that a lot of people don't like Orton, I actually feel like he's he does a great job at making people be able to like wrestle at their best. Mm-hmm. I think he's got that kind of um, point to him now, and that's kind of all he's done at pay per views for the last few years. Anyway, is kind is wrestle people and and give them a good match so that they have something to go from. Yeah. Um, I was surprised AJ won it, um, and again, obviously waiting for a big RKO moment. But I think those two things just threw me off a little bit. And uh, but I did, I did, I did actually quite enjoy the match. Um, would have been a good start to WrestleMania on on most other WrestleMania cards, and uh, just a, just a little bit upset to see AJ's not higher up on the bill by now. Uh, and you know, may, maybe Orton versus Angle would have been a better. Um, farewell match for Angle was my yes. my main thing there. Like, but uh, just uh, yeah, that that was my only real real thought. I generally all did enjoy the match though. I actually thought it was a strong match. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look at the next match, and it was for the SmackDown Tag Team title. So this was a, a four-way match uh, pitting the, the champions, the Usos versus The Bar, uh, versus Rusev and Nakamura, versus Ricochet and Alistair Black. Uh, so Ricochet and Alistair Black said goodbye for the final time to uh, NXT in their uh, takeover match um, on Friday night. And uh, that, that was uh, an, an absolutely awesome match when they uh, lost against the War Raiders for the NXT Tag Team Championships. But here they are. In the space of seven days, they had a, a Raw Tag Team Championship match against a Revival last Monday um, to being in a, an NXT Tag Team Championship match against the War Raiders on Friday. Um, and then uh, going up against um, the Usos, the Bar, Rusev and Nakamura for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. So I don't think that's ever been done before where the same team has been uh, in contention or in a match for the three uh, tag team championships all within the space of seven days so quite an impressive feat for them it obviously okay. shows that uh, WWE management are quite high on them um, so obviously you get your, your fantastic entrances uh, I was blown away by Ricochet and Alistair Black's uh, entrance definitely a fantastic Wrestlemania debuts for those two um, and there's a strange rule in, in this match and the same for the women's tag title match a bit later on where there's only two teams allowed in the ring at any one time um, where you're kind of relying on people to kind of um, you know make a, a, a tag when you're over in their corner um, just for you to get involved in the match but uh, 
in quite an entertaining spot, Seamus uh, gave um, each of the, his opponents 10 clubbing blows to the chest, while uh, partner Cesaro gave Ricochet a giant swing, which lasted or seemed to last forever. Poor guy must have been so <laughs> so dizzy on that exchange. Um, uh, but uh, that, that, that was a really good spot. I don't think we've seen from the bar before where uh, Seamus took out his frustration on everybody else while Ricochet was being, uh, um, you know, turned around in a giant swing for about two or three minutes. There's uh, quite an impressive Tower of Doom spot uh, with uh, Ricochet, who was on uh, top of the Tower of Doom and should have taken the worst of it, but instead landed on his feet, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, Ricochet nails a 6.30 on Sheamus, uh, but the pinfall was broken up before the three count. Uh, Cesaro clocks Jey Uso with a huge super kick uh, from the top uh, from the uh, from a top rope dive. Um, so uh, that was quite impressive. The Usos did retain their championships after 10 minutes with a double frog splash onto Sheamus, and uh, they hooked the leg and got the three counts so uh, a really entertaining match from all four sides they all kind of managed to get their moves in and um yeah a, a good ending a good wrestlemania debut for black and ricochet and uh, some quite memorable spots during this match um heather i'll start with you what did you think of this match uh, did you enjoy it and what were some of the the takeaway moments for you yeah i really did enjoy this match um th- this match contained all of the wrestlers i would love to be i would love to see singles men I'd mm. like to see them in in kind of singles matches, um, and I it, I don't know if they're quite all there yet, um, but that's what I would like to see happen with these guys. You've got Nakamura and Rusev, you know, you've got Cesaro and Sheamus, you know, they they weren't always in a in a tag team. Same with Alistair Black and Ricochet. So very true, yeah. I, I mean, I'd I'd prefer to see them all battling each other one on one. I think that'd be more entertaining i do think that rule is a bit stupid and i'd like to see more people in there at once if you're gonna do it if you're gonna have a big match with lots of people you know give me all the guys in there at once that's yeah. what i want to see i think i think um, at the end of the day the, the, the that rule got thrown out the window quite quickly because it, it yeah. appeared that everybody was kind of all involved in in one way or another um all at the same time but uh chris what about yourself did, did, did you enjoy this match yeah really enjoyed it um I d- definitely agree that there's there's probably a a few heel turns coming coming our way for any one of these tag teams really they could they could get away with it and have a good feud match at WrestleMania next year uh, I'd I'd like to see that with any of them um, really really glad that uh, Black and Ricochet got a chance to to show their stuff and uh, hats off to them for having so many matches in such a short space of time it will really uh, be interesting to see if they can keep that up over the years and if they use so much uh, on Raw and also NXT and any any pay-per-view going on. It'd, yeah. be, it'd be great It'd be great to see, see them more um, before they make that jump. Yeah, yeah I, I think to Heather's point, uh, we, we got the, the kind of superstar shake-up next week, of course, so uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we see um, a lot of these teams being uh, separated onto separate brands. Certainly yeah. Black and Ricochet could probably um, do with it. I mean, I think that now that they've got a bit of attention and got a few belts uh, matches under their belt as a tag team to kind of introduce them to the um, to, to the WWE universe, the main roster audience. Um, I think that uh, now that people have become a lot more familiar with them, they're going to be utilised more as singles wrestlers going forward, but we shall see when the shake-up happens next week. So let's move on to the next match. It's the best in the world, Shane McMahon versus The Miz. <laughs> now this was um, a Falls Count Anywhere match so just adding that kind of element to it 
would obviously kind of add more uh, uh, more more opportunities for things to get more interesting out in the crowd and around the arena. Uh, so Shane gets the ring announcer to introduce him three times as the best in the world, Shane McMahon. I thought that was quite entertaining, where he was kind of conducting him almost like a conductor uh, when when it was time for him to say his name. Uh, Shane starts the match by grabbing the Miz's dad, George Mizanin's face, uh, to get the Miz's attention. Uh, Shane lays the Miz out with a shot to the head with a TV monitor. Uh, George Mizanin gets into the ring to fight for the honour of his son. So that was quite an entertaining spot. Uh, Shane starts. So much. Uh, yes, absolutely. Well, uh, we'd we do the same for our kids, wouldn't we? We'd do the same. But uh, um, Shane starts to beat up on Miz's dad. Uh, when, a, when a bloody Miz comes back into the ring to defend his dad and to fight off Shane. Uh, Miz then launches himself over the, the ringside barriers to pummel away onto Shane before they fight into the crowd and around the foreign announce desks. Uh, Shane gets clotheslined over a guardrail onto a golf buddy, a golf buggy and uh, shockingly actually falls off of the golf buddy onto the hard concrete floor below, which uh, uh, must have uh, must have hurt. Uh, Shane then climbs a TV gantry, uh, which the Miz uh, suplexes Shane off. Um, and they fall a good 15 feet. Uh, Shane was on top of the Miz um, following that suplex, and the referee counted Shane McMahon um, as, as the winner there. So um, Shane McMahon got the three count. Both wrestlers uh, went for the 15-foot tumble off of the TV gantry there. Hell of a move, hell of a, hell of a spot, hell of a WrestleMania moment we'll probably see um, kind of over the many years to come, I'm sure. Um, but that was one hell of a suplex and a fairly good falls count anyway match with Shane taking some fairly risky falls, but eventually taking the win. Uh, Chris, starting with you, uh, did you enjoy this match? Um, what, what were some of the takeaway moments for yourself and this match here? I know I gave him a little bit of grief earlier, but I do actually really like Shane and what he offers to uh, definitely to a pay-per-view. I mean, if you go back to um, when he when he first started wrestling, some of his feuds that he had were just great. And you always knew that. He's just willing to to do whatever he can to give a great moment. And he he's actually turned that into just having great matches now as well. They always end on a big moment because that's what people expect. But yeah, I think I think it fitted perfectly on the card. Um, not a match I was excited or waiting to see, but definitely a match I knew I would enjoy when watching it. So uh, that's really important. And the Miz is the Miz just seems like he's out to have fun at the moment as well. So I think it's a good pairing, especially for the time uh, in both of their careers. Mm, definitely, Heather. What about yourself? I wanted to see Vince McMahon come out and start to defend <laughs> Shane when George Mazzanin was in the ring. I was like, Vince is coming. It's going to be a dad-on-dad match. Have, have a, mi- uh, a mixed tag match. Um, yes. Yeah, no, that, that could have been... Uh, yeah, no, so if well, Vince uh, is listening, that's I, what I you should have done. I, I don't know how George Mazzanin would have fared in that, um, <laughs> but uh, it would no, have been... No. It, it definitely would have been entertaining, uh, but uh, quite you know for what it was, and I don't think many people went into this match with uh, high expectations. I think it exceeded just about everybody's expectations. Some of the bumps that Shane McMahon took and that suplex at the end um, is definitely a memorable moment. Um, certainly a WrestleMania moment for years to come. But let's move on to the next match, which was for the uh, women's uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Titles. So obviously you have the champions going in the Boston Hug Connection, Sasha Banks and Bailey going up against Nia Jackson Tamina versus the Iconics versus uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia. Um, so this was um, 
you know, a short but sweet match. The Iconics uh, uh, won the match, eventually won the match after Beth Phoenix executed a glam slam from the top turnbuckle onto Bailey, which was an awesome spot. And Beth Phoenix has certainly done herself nothing but favour since she's kind of come out of retirement uh, um, leading up to this tag match. But she glam slammed Bailey from the top turnbuckle. Uh, Peyton Royce, however, bundled. Beth Phoenix out of the ring, allowing her partner Billy Kay to make the cover onto Bailey and got the uh, the cheap win, the one, two, three, and the iconics of the new tag team champions. So I don't think many people are uh, kind of hold the iconics in much uh, greater esteem for their wrestling skills but as a gimmick i personally think they're absolutely fantastic and um uh, i don't think they're going to pull off any kind of five star matches anytime in the future um, but i think for for their characters um i thought this is a good win and uh yeah quite a popular win by a lot of people on the internet uh guys what did you think uh, heather i'll start with you um did you enjoy this match and uh, what, what do you think about the iconics I would absolutely love to have a wrestling pairing with my best friend. And if I could do that, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that we would do. We would have there a good gimmick. Uh, we both wouldn't be very good, but we would make everybody love us and hate <laughs> us at the same time. So I, I love them for that because I can see myself doing it. Um, I thought it was a really good match. I liked that it wasn't didn't go on too long. Um, I also really liked that it wasn't um, very Nia Jax heavy. So some of these mm. matches can be a little bit... Um, you know, them just trying to give her a spot. And I think it was very fair. Um, but I absolutely think the standout here was Beth Phoenix. She's incredible. Mm. Um, you know, what she can do in that ring is inspirational. I think a lot of the girls in that ring, you know, the women in that ring look up to her and, and they all kind of support and respect each other. And I, I really like to see that. In the mm. ring. Apart from the iconic. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was good to see Beth get... Uh another kind of good spot where where she gets a chance to show exactly how talented she is um maybe overall i didn't really enjoy the match i thought it was okay but maybe i i, I kind of felt that it was the only match on the main card that should have been on the pre-show okay. and Ooh. and i don't think that's that's this i don't know why i just didn't really Sexist. didn't really like it yeah. <laughs> no not because of that <laughs> very good now one match that definitely belonged on the main card and one match that's had an excellent build uh, is our next match. And it's Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. Um, so I'm sure you'd agree and you've probably seen, um, you know, SmackDown uh, in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania. Um, the, the build to this and the story behind this and all the obstacles that Kofi Kingston has had to kind of jump through uh, to be able to get this match in the first place um, has really kind of turned him into, you know, one of the more popular characters on the WWE roster. Everybody was uh, kind of rooting for Kofi Kingston both before and uh, during this match. And Kofi, uh, Kofi Mania definitely kind of had me hooked before the big show. Uh, kind of how excited were you guys looking forward to this match kind of um, ahead of WrestleMania before this match? Um, did this kind of uh, had Kofi Mania reached you yet? Were you kind of hyped <laughs> up for this one? Uh, tell, tell me how you yeah. were feeling before this match anyway. Yeah, very hyped about it. We love Kofi. We think he's fab. Yeah, he's been underutilized for years. He's yeah. just like, you know, um, he he could have been a bigger player for so long. And then there's even been years where New Day weren't even at WrestleMania, apart from the when they were yeah. the, the year yes. they were hosts. And there was that that kind of big ladder match, which you think they would have done amazing things in. But yeah. really, it just because they're very they, they, they weren't there. They're, they're so great. And they're yeah. always a highlight when you go to live events. So um, I, I think Kofi's always been a standout for me and someone um 
between him and Big E, I think they both really deserve a, a good singles run push and can do amazing things. So mm. I, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that this storyline came about, and even more happy that it's um, kind of against Daniel Bryan, who had a similar mm-hmm. crowd build where Big you know Bryan. everybody wanted him to have have the championship and and be champion. It didn't happen for him for years. Yeah, uh, it's it all very organic. It, yeah, it shows yeah. that the fans do still have some say in some things. Um, obviously, they're never going to get the say in everything, which is probably for the best, to be honest. But there's, there's still We've got some good ideas, though. It, right? It's still re- <laughs> it, it's still really good that um, it's kind of come full circle for for Daniel Bryan as well uh, in that way that he can help someone get over the way that that he was that he got over. He's become quite a good heel now. I actually was really sceptical of him becoming a heel in the first place. I didn't think it was a good move for him. I didn't like it. Um, And then now, you know, that opinion has just completely changed. I think he's doing a really, really good job of it. Um, Well, this is it from from going as the most beloved baby face, um, one of the most beloved baby faces in the history of WWE to going from that to one of the most hated heels. uh, It's just testament to Daniel Bryan and what he's capable of, um, not just as a wrestler, but kind of as a as a as a as a as a character, as a as an individual. He's got such a great mind for the wrestling business that he can do that, uh, be the best at either being a heel or a baby face. But let's go through some of the key spots anyway. So obviously Kofi is accompanied to the ring by his uh, his New Day uh, mates. And uh, Daniel Bryan is, of course, accompanied by Rowan. So we'll kind of see a little bit more from from, uh, New Day and Rowan a little bit later on, I'm sure. Kofi goes to the air early on in the match with a Fosbury flop over the top rope onto Rowan and Bryan on the outside. Uh, Kofi takes to the sky once again this time slingshotting himself out of the ring finding nothing but desk on this occasion after Brian moves out of the way from from an attempted move onto the announcer's desk there. Kofi does manage to get two count a little bit later on in the match with an SOS. Daniel Bryan applies his uh, label lock uh, but Kofi was just able to reach the bottom rope to escape. Um, Rowan gets involved on the outside until Kofi hits his troubling paradise on the outside onto Rowan. Uh, Big E and Woods executes their midnight hour on Rowan taking him out of the match or taking him out of the equation I should say Um, Brian connects with his running knee but Kofi just kicks out on the two count uh, Daniel Bryan stomps away on Kofi's face before uh, putting on the be- label lock once again. For, it's actually for the third time he slaps on the label lock onto Kofi Kingston. Uh, Kofi manages to escape and then stomp away on Daniel Bryan uh, before connecting with a troubling paradise, uh, covers the champion. And we get the 1-2-3 Kofi mania runs wild. Kofi Kingston is our new WWE champion and the match went 22 minutes definitely the highlight of uh, WrestleMania for me, Um, but uh, everybody, all 82,000 people in the MetLife Stadium went absolutely crazy, and I'm sure everybody else watching at home went crazy for this moment. Um, And yeah, um, Kofi Kingston, the new WWE champion, Um, and who would have thought it a few months ago when the focus was very much on individuals like uh, Mustafa Ali, or maybe AJ Styles, um, or you know Samoa Joe, certainly not Kofi Kingston, He, he kind of pulled himself into the equation um, in the gauntlet match before Elimination Chamber, did really well in the Elimination Chamber, and he's been everybody's kind of uh, people's champion ever since. And here we have it, that the culmination um, of, of this is that Kofi Kingston is our new WWE champion. Um, Chris, I'll start with you. Um, what did you think of the match? And, um, are, you know, are, are you happy that uh, Kofi Kingston finally got his day? Great match, great spot for Kofi, really 
really happy about the outcome. Didn't again, didn't think it would actually happen. I, I, I thought the fans wouldn't get what they wanted, and maybe even earlier on in the night, Seth winning uh, might have. You know, you always start questioning, like, are there going to be a lot of title changes? Mm. So when you do see quite a few on the early on in the card, you start to worry and doubt that you're actually really going to see, you know, Kofi Mania happen. Yeah. Um, loved the fact that New Day and uh, were by his side and gave him a new belt as well. I thought yeah. that that was a, a fun addition. Uh, would have loved to have seen what would have happened if he didn't win and they had the belt there anyway. And kind, of, and kind of just said, don't worry, Kofi, you're a champion in our eyes. Here's a belt oh, for you. So <laughs> but, and a t-shirt. Uh, and yeah, and loads of t-shirts that are now not worth I anything. I didn't like the new belt. I thought, you know what? <laughs> Progressive WWE using an eco-friendly belt. Let's use that. <laughs> I, I didn't like that at all, but you know. I definitely would have wanted a new belt if I were champion. I would have just said, "No, I'm not doing. I'm not this doing this." Made of wood. Yeah. They, they were selling Daniel Bryan's uh, um, hemp and, and oak belt at WrestleMania um, in the superstore for a thousand dollars. So. Uh, real belts. Yeah, yeah, they've actually uh, yeah got replicas available to buy, or, or certainly the one that uh, I saw in somebody's video was a thousand dollars. It might have been signed by Daniel Bryan, but uh, yeah, that's uh, the most expensive bit of hemp you're ever going to find on the market. But uh, there, there we well, go. I'll just make one myself out of a twig. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you'll agree, it, it was yeah. a, a fantastic moment uh, and um, a, a great combination to to the build and to the story and um, yeah. A popular, yeah. a popular win, a great match, um, and uh, certainly one, one of the highlights of WrestleMania this year. But um, let's have a look at the, the next match, moving on swiftly. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. So I reported on last week's Wrestling with Johnners that um, uh, Rey Mysterio uh, was was kind of suffering with a bit of an ankle injury, or certainly that was what was uh, coming out um, on the internet following, um, I think he was meant to have wrestled, uh, Kurt Angle in one of his farewell matches on his farewell tour on Monday Night Raw last week. That didn't happen. There was lots of concern that Rey Mysterio might be injured. Um, as it turns out, he, he was suffering with a bit of a, an ankle injury. But um, his match against Samoa Joe for the United States Championship, Samoa Joe obviously going in as a champion. Um, this is actually Samoa Joe's WrestleMania debut. Now, he's been with the company for over two years. Uh, but the last two WrestleMania, uh, he's either been injured or, or recovering from an injury and uh, not been able to recover in time, not been built into any storylines or been on the shelf um, in the lead up to WrestleMania. So this is his WrestleMania debut. Um, and, and as I said, Ray was doubtful for this match after suffering a bit of an ankle injury. Uh, but Ray was kind of quick out the gate here as the bell rang. Uh, Ray did hit a, a DDT on the on the bigger Samoa Joe, and he did follow up with a 619. Uh, but there was no more offense from Mysterio here. Uh, Joe won, won in dominant fashion here with uh, a win in under two minutes after putting on the Kakina Clutch uh, submission hold on Ray Mysterio here. And the, the match actually won by stoppage. I don't think I saw Ray Mysterio tap, but the referee kind of called for the bell, and uh, Samoa Joe retained his United States Championship. Um, so, uh, yes, Samoa Joe, I think, was one of only two champions to retain their championship on Sunday night. Um, it was short and sweet, only went a couple of minutes. Um, give us a, a quick recap on, on your thoughts on this match, guys. Loved it. Yeah, love Samoa Joe. Best entrance music of anyone currently <laughs> in WWE. Yeah, I like his music too. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's lots of fun. Also love Rey Mysterio. We've seen him live as well. He's an incredible uh, wrestler to watch. Um, yeah, they didn't need to do any more than they did. And they hid a potential injury well um, through yeah. the match's pace and um, power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris? 
I, I think they should start doing more with Samoa Joe. Yeah. Um, unfortunate that, as you say, this is his WrestleMania debut and it was so short. Um, obviously, I think it was probably the best thing to do because of uh, Rey Mysterio. But again, I think a different storyline or a different um, different attempts. Maybe again, if this was, maybe, maybe I just want all matches. Yeah, like there, there, there could have been any any other match there, but maybe it was a bit too late um, in the announcement for for Rey Mysterio and whether he'd be okay or not. So um, I felt I felt they did what they had to, and it's just a bit of a shame that Samoa Joe's had so much bad luck over the years. I hope he gets a, a good run. Yeah. yeah, and it's good to see Samojo get his WrestleMania moment here, WrestleMania win in quite dominant fashion. So it kind of made him look good while retaining his championship and didn't really do Rey Mysterio too much harm in the process. I'm sure uh, he, he doesn't really need a, a championship to remain uh, popular, uh, in my opinion. And certainly since he returned uh, to the WWE last year, he's been as, as good as ever, to be honest with you. But um, looking at the next match, um, a slightly different match, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. So there's no championship on the line. And for the first time, in uh, four or five WrestleManias, Roman Reigns is not involved in the main events. But uh, the, the build to this on Monday Night Raws over the last few weeks have been pretty good with Drew McIntyre kind of getting the, the better um, of their kind of uh, physical uh, activity between the two of them leading up to this. Drew McIntyre being quite dominant in the build um, and in the storyline ahead of this match. And it was great to see uh, Drew McIntyre in a featured match at WrestleMania here against Roman Reigns, uh, who, of course, is is not uh, in the main event of WrestleMania since 2015, actually. Um, So, uh, but but nonetheless, uh, Roman tries a a drive-by drop kick, but finds nothing but a hard apron. So uh, McIntyre kind of gets the upper hand there. McIntyre suplexes Roman uh, with a suplex to the outside. Uh, Drew McIntyre then executes an Alabama slam on Roman uh, for a close near fall in the early stage of this match. Uh, Roman Reigns does recover to hit a uh, a drive-by and a Samoan drop on the outside. Uh, Reigns then nails McIntyre with a Superman punch before executing a spear for the pinfall victory. So Roman pulls off a win against uh, Drew McIntyre here. um, And um, uh, was... You know, McIntyre was an inch away from winning this match only a few minutes earlier, but uh, a quick comeback from Roman Reigns. Uh, and it's great to see McIntyre involved in a feature match, featured match here at, at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, it was a, a different type of match to what you'd usually see Roman Reigns be involved in at WrestleMania. But it was good to see Drew McIntyre, like I say, in a featured match against uh, you know, one of the WWE's top um top wrestlers so it shows that the WWE have a lot of faith um, in Drew McIntyre uh, what did you think of this one guys it, it, you know it, it wasn't anything special by any stretch of the imagination uh, but I think they did what they needed to do um, at the end I feel a little bit like it's actually I, I think you're right Drew McIntyre does deserve to be in a, in a few more big matches but I feel that Roman Reigns going further down the card is just they're now giving up a bit on Roman Reigns okay uh, and that's just Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> his, his finishing move is a, is a Superman punch. Like, he, he, he's needed a new finisher for years, but the fact that like he, he's not going to have one now—that's that's it. The Superman punch is, is what it is. <laughs> but it, it's just, yeah, I, I feel like it, it was it was the closest to um, almost like a toilet break match there was in the second half of the oh. of the pay per view for me. I, I just didn't really get get into it. I did watch it all. But I, I just wasn't really over. So I think Drew did great, but there wasn't I really, really I much really going on. I really like Drew. Really like Drew. I, th- I think you know, years and years and years ago, this 
he he could have been something amazing in the WWE, and it didn't three, work. Out it was part of three MB. They were entertaining yeah. for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I I just think he he definitely um, he brought something to the match. I thought Roman was good too, to be very honest with you. So I didn't really sure. have any problems with either of them. Um, I just don't think that um, anything is going to make me endeared to either of them in a way that I am to other wrestlers. So they're just not as important to me. And I think that's probably how a lot of the universe feel. They feel like then these two wrestlers are not as important to them as other ones might be. So there's just no yeah. point watching them. I think it was largely yeah. forgettable, to be honest with you. And uh, yeah. maybe had there been a, a championship um, you know, involved, uh, then it might have had a bit more interest, might have gone a bit longer. Um, but uh, yeah, it was what it was. Um, no doubt we'll kind of see this feud continue on Raw. Um, but uh, moving on now, um, Chris... Uh, you you are kind of um, you you your 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 other persona. You're otherwise known as Half Decent, the rapper. I want your opinion on this next segment. Um, so uh, it started. It, it started with uh, with uh, Elias, um, who was on drums, and then we saw another Elias, uh, Elias on piano, and then. Uh, you know, Elias then gets introduced in the ring on guitar and the three of them play this uh, quite impressive song. So that was a good collaboration between the three Eliases there. But then he's rudely interrupted uh, by the Doctor of Thugonomics, uh, the return of John Cena's gimmick from uh, 2004, 2005. In fact, I think he introduced it first in 2002. Um and uh, this was quite an entertaining segment. Uh, uh, I don't think they had an official match, but uh, um, the, the doctor um, did manage to uh, kind of lay waste to Elias with with an AA or uh, as he used to call it, the FU. Uh, maybe this is the PG era nowadays and then uh, a five knuckle shuffle. So a fun segment there, but quite nostalgic, nostalgic and uh, more of the kind of the, the heel doctor of thugonomics, John Cena, that a lot of us uh, kind of remember um, from uh, from them early 2000s. Uh, what, 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 this was a lot of fun. Um, and a lot of people really, really like this. A lot more popular than some of the uh, more recent WrestleMania segments we've seen from John Cena. Uh, what did you think to the return of the doctor of thugonomics, Chris? So I never really liked the doctor of thugonomics when he was around, but... That I always kind of like had a, I had that soft spot for him. I was kind of like, I didn't really like him or I thought he could do more, but um, his, his rhymes are always terrible, but they are just fun. And I felt that this segment was so, so well done because I, everybody was expecting the undertaker. I think it was for a long time um, said that this was going to be the plan for the undertaker, which um, if, if you haven't seen raw yet, there are, there's a spoiler there for what happens on Raw, but mm. the uh, the the fact that John Cena came out and just for for the first time in in a while just didn't really he went back to not taking himself too seriously and I mean with the proposal the with the Undertaker match with everything he's been trying to do at WrestleMania he's I, I think it's good that he just accepted to have fun. Like and yeah. and just thought, you know, I'm gonna go out there and, and really have a laugh. I think it was a really good segment. So um... I don't think I've ever heard a better rap. Um... <laughs> so, Chris, really it, it wasn't your inspiration to kind of get into rapping then. Uh, the Doctor <laughs> of Thugonomics wasn't you wasn't your uh, wasn't your, uh, your your role model in rapping then. He wasn't no, but there no. was um, when I when I started <laughs> recording for other people. The first person I had um, 
to come round and record, um, recorded some stuff over some instrumentals I made, and they actually ended up stealing some of John Cena's uh, lyrics, and I didn't know for about six months. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if it was because they were... I just didn't see them because they were on Raw, and then eventually... Uh, someone said to me, they're like, they they sound a lot like the Doctor of Thugonomics. And I was like, what? I, I they ended up being that. Doctor of Thugonomics. This is my first ever experience <laughs> of him. Not even, I've never even watched like an old one. Didn't know anything about it. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I was, I was <laughs> laughing. I was crying. I was like, how come he suddenly got so sexy all of a sudden? Like, what's going on? I, I was blown away. And I hate Elias. I think he's a stupid gimmick. Like, uh, <laughs> we saw his debut and, and the, the room was silent. I remember he came out and everyone was like, who's this guy? He's not going anywhere. I don't understand what the WWE But his gimmick didn't his gimmick didn't work in NXT. His gimmick, you know, worked. It, it definitely like didn't now. work in NXT. Doesn't doesn't like now. He's terrible. <laughs> Let's bring back John Cena. Get rid of Elias. Uh, yeah, happy, very happy with that. Fair <laughs> enough. So let's talk about our next match anyway. So it was uh, a street fight uh, between Triple H versus Batista. And if if Triple H loses, he must retire. So that was kind of the stipulation going in. We've obviously had the build on Monday Night Raw with Batista dragging Ric Flair through the backstage area and Batista and uh, and uh, Triple H getting involved in um, uh, not the best of exchanges on the mic kind of leading up to this. It hasn't been the, the hottest of builds, um, certainly after kind of that, that week one where we saw Ric Flair get attacked backstage or getting dragged dragged. Um, by his uh, by his coat backstage through the uh, through the backstage area. Um, Triple H makes his entrance in kind of like a, a Mad Max style entrance here, while Batista um, unfortunately uh, didn't make as grand an entrance by tripping over the ropes as he got into the ring, um, <laughs> which was slight, slightly cringeworthy. Uh, the match soon goes to the outside where Triple H nails Batista with a toolbox before wrapping a thick chain around Batista's head and face. Uh, Triple H gets a wrench and puts it, uh, Batista's fingers inside the wrench before standing on it, seemingly breaking his fingers in the process. I'm sure that didn't happen, boys and girls. Uh, Triple H then pulls Batista's nose ring out of his face with some so uh, you may remember a match between Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy from last year where Randy Orton put a screwdriver in his kind of his, yeah. his kind of earring hole and that that was that was kind of cringeworthy I'm not sure if this was uh, meant to get the same reaction but uh, it just looked a bit naff to me um, but uh, yeah Batista then slams Triple H onto the two announced uh, desks before launching him into a barrier at ringside that was quite an impressive spot uh, Batista attempts uh, to powerbomb Triple H from from the ring steps which were set up on the Spanish announced table uh, but Triple H back body dropped Batista instead onto the next desk I don't think any of these desks actually broke in the process um, <laughs> so, but Triple H did spear his opponent through the German announced desk, the desk next. So, uh, obviously, uh, they they had to get one of the three tables broken eventually. Triple H finds his sledgehammer underneath the ring, uh, but gets speared for his troubles by Batista whilst back in the ring. Uh, Batista then slides. Um, slides the bottom half of the ring steps back inside the ring which Triple H is able to use to uh, power bomb Batista onto before executing his pedigree for a close near fall uh, Batista literally bounced off the steel ring steps here with his head appearing to hit quite hard on the edge of the steps uh, Triple H gets DDT or 
DDT'd on the ring steps, uh, but then Ric Flair appears. Um, he passes a sledgehammer to his friend Triple H, which he uses to crack across the head of Batista before hooking the leg and covering for the one, two, three. So that was a long match uh, between uh, two guys that are not renowned for their five-star classics. Um, it was made bearable by the street fight stipulation um, and uh, kind of another WrestleMania moment there for Ric Flair. Um, I think with what they had um you know available to them and i think the street fight element being added, added into it it was it was an okay match um triple h likes to get his, his long 20 minute plus matches in here um but uh, uh heather i'll start with you um did you enjoy this match and uh you know was it made even more enjoyable by the you know the, the various kind of hardcore elements on the outside and then the appearance from rick flair what did you think if i'm going to watch a hardcore match i want to see people bloody i want libs torn off i want i want it to be a real hardcore match this was not that um uh, which is a massive shame but i didn't he broke his fingers other. no he didn't <laughs> he didn't put his nose ring out come on <laughs> terrible um i didn't like the entrances i never liked the entrances i think triple h needs to calm himself down like he's got enough going on right he's the CEO or whatever he's doing, he's in charge of the company, doesn't need that entrance. Everybody knows who he is. He could just come out and be like, spit his water all over the place and, and get into the ring. Um it it could have been it could have been better. Um I like Ric Flair. I feel like the older he gets, the more senile he gets. <laughs> so when he came out and he was like, This this I'm gonna get you and I was like, Do you know what, Ric Flair? I love you. Like I could just watch you talk for ages instead and that would have been more uh, of a better use of my time than watching that match so uh, yeah no I, I wasn't into it so you're not a fan of this match then no you, no. you haven't you haven't made it clear so far oh no <laughs> no I, I to make it clear I actually I actually do like Triple H and Batista definitely okay. I, I do but um and I love a hardcore match I just didn't think it worked here uh, there's not enough limbs being ri- uh, ripped off uh, Heather's liking being ripped off. <laughs> uh, Chris um what, what are your thoughts on how this matches in the history books what do you think of this one well, maybe I'm not as bloodthirsty as Heather, but I did quite enjoy the match. I thought it was exactly what we were going to get. Um, it, there was no real major spots. It was just kind of two old guys going at it, which is pretty much like what Triple H has been doing recently, um, especially at the bigger events like in Saudi Arabia or um, at WrestleMania. So, yeah, you know, just pretty much exactly what I expected. If we if we are going to bring hardcore matches back into um back into WWE on a regular occasion I think it's I think it's perfect to bring the hardcore title in especially in a 24-hour social media world right now especially and when they've got the network imagine if you just got a notification on your phone and it just said hardcore title is being (laughs) defended right now I think it would be it'd be the perfect addition to everything they're doing but um, I don't think it's going to be Triple H or Batista to bring that <laughs> bring that title back. Oh, there you go, like Vince. So. If you're listening, um, there you go. That's, that's an uh, an idea from Chris here to get more eyeballs on the network. Just uh, yeah, that that would be a good addition. But uh, it was a, it was a fun match. Um, I think it would have been a lot a lot um, worse had it just been a standard uh, you know one on one match. Um, I think the hardcore element, the the street fight element, definitely worked. Um, but uh, yeah. It's once again one of their matches that's largely forgettable, unfortunately. Um, 
speaking of forgettable, you had uh, Baron Corbin in the next match, um, and Aww. he was, uh, to a lot of people's dismay, that the last ever, the final ever opponent to Kurt Angle in his WrestleMania and kind of uh, wrestling uh, in ring career farewell match. Um, so the match only went 10 minutes with uh, Kurt Angle dominating most of the match with German suplexes and angle slams and uh, ankle locks. However, the end of the match uh, comes when uh, uh, Kurt Angle was going up for and, and missing a moonsault, unfortunately, um, allowing Corbin to hit his quite impressive finisher the end of days for the uh, surprise pinfall victory on Kurt's farewell match. Uh, so, um, uh, Heather, I'll start with you. Um, like I say, you, you've only been into WWE for the last few years, uh, so you weren't uh, kind of a fan when Kurt Angle was kind of at his peak in the WWE um, yeah. you know, 10, 12 years ago and probably after that in, in TNA. Um, but uh, what's your kind of your image of Kurt Angle and, and what did you think of this match? Sweetie, he's an absolute sweetie. I think he's really, really cute. Um, I also really like Baron Corbin. I don't know why everyone hates him. I think I, I don't know whether or not I want him to be a heel because I think he's um, also very talented and a bit misunderstood. Um, and I also, I don't know if this is true, but like I feel like Kurt Angle knows that, and that's why he was like, oh yeah, I want, I want Corbin <laughs> to be my last match. Um, at, at the end, when he was like, I just want to hear those two words that have defined my career, and, and he wants people to shout, you suck at him. And there were people being like, no, you don't suck, and the signs and everything. I just thought, this guy knows not how to take himself too seriously. He knows he's an incredible athlete, very talented. I think he's going to do a lot behind the scenes, or okay. if, if he's not, he should yep. do a lot behind the scenes to help people get more technical. Um, some of the people who who perhaps are not the the best uh, wrestlers at the moment can learn a lot from him. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a lovely match, lovely little match, a couple of nice blokes. Very happy to watch it. Okay, so I definitely agree. I think he could make a good uh, good trainer. Um, you know, over at NXT in Orlando, Florida, um, definitely a good ambassador for the company, you know, yeah. uh, spreading spreading the good word of, of WWE and being a good ambassador there. Uh, Chris, going to you, um, was you kind of in favour of Baron Corbin being Kurt Angle's final opponent? And um, who do you think should have been his final opponent, if not? Yeah, I didn't really think he would. he was the best for it um the, i guess the the one the one thing i remember is uh mick foley's farewell match against triple h in uh hell in a cell and i know he came back to do a, a very short run after that but but for me that's how you want to go out you want to go out on a big match where uh, especially someone someone like kurt who's given a lot to the wwe and um, only recently really came back after his TNA run and, and then did even more to make the WWE entertaining again. And just thinking about what a big match he was in last year, uh, like Rousey's debut, I just felt like they, I felt like Kurt deserved a little bit more and this didn't feel like a real farewell match. When watching it, you, it was obvious that Kurt needed to stop wrestling. I just, I feel, I feel like he did yeah. so much that he probably shouldn't have. And then whenever he was walking around the ring, he just looked tiresome. He looked like he'd he looked like he'd taken the bruises and couldn't take too much more, which is why I think the match was as short as it was. Um, but then I also don't think Corbin really stepped up to prove that he deserved to be in the match. I was really looking forward to him kind of proving me wrong and going, yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you why I'm in this match. I deserve it. But I felt that Angle made the match what it was and 
it's uh, he could have just had a better send off. Um, yeah. Yeah. With with oh. with with almost anyone else on the cards, like even if you like Lashley with yeah, Lashley uh, with AJ with even with Orton or or Batista and Triple H, like any one of those, they could have made that uh, a a triple threat like no holds barred loser leaves match if they really needed to, which wouldn't be yeah. so wouldn't be so uncommon with the storyline they had last year at WrestleMania yeah, and Triple H. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I just I just really didn't. Didn't think it was needed, but it, it was great to see Angle have have a, a a really good match and show that he could still at least um, help the young guys get up because it's going to be a great thing for Corbin's career. And uh, yeah, if he does if he does do more, then it's, it's going to be a good win for him. Well, yeah, and for those of you that um, are aware of what happened on Monday Night Raw from from last night, you actually got the main roster debut, the long-awaited main roster debut of Lars Sullivan, who got into a kind of a bit of a face-to-face with uh, with Kurt Angle. So I don't know if that's going to lead to Kurt coming out of retirement in the, kind of the world's shortest space of time. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, you know that'll be interesting to see what happens that. there, or, or whether so whether. Kurt Angle is going to pick somebody to uh, to fight his battles for him and to go up against go, go up against Lars Sullivan. But so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Being as he'd only been retired one day and he's already getting into a bit of a face to face confrontation with uh, with Lars Sullivan. But so let's move on to so this is the penultimate match of WrestleMania. Now we've already spoken about fourteen matches. This is match number fifteen. Bobby Lashley, the Intercontinental Champion, versus uh, Demon Finn Balor. Uh, so the entrance for Balor was was amazing, as you'd expect, uh, with Balor in full Demon war paint for his uh, first for for the first time getting the Demon um, entrance at a WrestleMania. So last year was his first ever kind of WrestleMania appearance um, in that uh, four way match. I think it was a three way match with the Miz and Seth Rollins, uh, the opener there for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, that time he he wasn't a, he wasn't successful, um, but he went up against Bobby. Lashley for the IC title again, this time as the Demon. So the action starts uh, nice and early with Balor connecting with a senton over the top rope, which was quite impressive. Uh, Lashley soon takes control with various power moves. Uh, Balor makes a brief comeback, but Lashley pulls out of uh, uh, pulls out a spear through the ropes, taking the Demon to the floor on the outside. So that was an amazing move. Um, and both guys crashing heavily to the outside from that uh, spear from Lashley. The end of the match uh, wasn't too far behind, however, with uh, Balor uh, managing to hoist Lashley up for a powerbomb before connecting with his coup de gras, um, hooking the leg for the three counts and uh, regains the IC Championship, which he lost only a few weeks earlier. Um, He's now a a two-time Intercontinental Champion and uh, Finn Balor, the Demon, um, gets his WrestleMania moment and his WrestleMania win, uh, a great entrance and a solid win, and uh, Finn Balor, a two-time Intercontinental Champion. So this was another fairly quick match, and it's surprising that we're talking about quick matches here, considering the main show went five and a half hours. Um, it's Triple H's entrance. <laughs> yeah, Triple H's entrance in his 20-minute uh, match with Batista, yeah. Um, so give us your, your quick thoughts on on this match uh, from the two of you before we talk about the main event. So, uh, Chris, I'll start with you. Uh, what did you think about the Demon versus Bobby Lashley? Yeah, really good match. Uh, good to see the Intercontinental Championships getting more uh, like higher up the card and uh, getting some strong matchups between people that are deserving of a, a good spot. Uh, one of the best coup de gras I think I've seen in a while. Lashley took it really solidly in the chest and um, probably because he can. He's got a lot more uh, chest muscles than me. So um, Balor doesn't seem to weigh too much compared to what he could probably bench press. But it was still a really good moment. 
Um, a deserving win for Bala. Um, yeah, re- really good match. I liked it. Very good. And, and Heather, did you enjoy the entrance? Did you enjoy the demon's entrance? And yeah. Uh... yeah, I love the demon. I think he's so cool. I actually thought that the the paint day on the on the back was like like particularly like quite scary. I think if you're like if you imagine if you're like a little kid, right, and your parents have taken you along to WrestleMania and it's a massive, massive moment and you're out there and it gets dark and the demon comes out, like, you'd be so scared. Like, you'd absolutely love it. And I, I like that there's the, the pageantry with that. But then you forget about it immediately as soon as you see him wrestle. And I think that, you know, Finn Balor is one of the best wrestlers of our time. Bobby really Lashley, is. too. Amazing um, clash of styles there um, between them. You've got very different wrestlers, but yep. putting on an excellent show. Um, better than a lot of the other matches later on uh, that we'd seen previously and definitely something that um, you know potentially could have been a main card um, could have been a headlining match Uh, really really good very good now if I'm not mistaken I think the two of you saw Finn Balor as the demon at NXT TakeOver London a few years back is that correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. And he was uh, kind of a Jack the Ripper kind of demon-esque. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that was one of the first times that he actually uh, was, you know, wore the demon war paint um, since signing with the, the WWE when he was kind of back in the NXT. I think he might have been uh, NXT champion at the time. Um, but uh, yes, so um, there we go. Let's have a talk about the main event. So this has been the white hot feud uh, that's been building since SummerSlam last year, possibly even sooner than that. I know that uh, uh, Becky Lynch's uh, kind of appeal has, has kind of grown and grown and grown. Much like Daniel Bryan, where he wasn't being used properly, he was getting the wins on TV, he was getting a bit of exposure on TV, but never being featured. It was always Charlotte Flair being the you know, the, the main uh, woman that was being spoken about and put in the headline uh, positions and being given, you know, being given all the, the opportunities. And uh, I think the fans started to resent Charlotte and at SummerSlam when uh, Charlotte uh, uh, won the, the uh, won the women's championship. I think she won the women's championship and Becky Lynch kind of decked Charlotte um, to kind of uh, stake her claim for, you know, I'm, I'm not to be kind of walked over sort of thing. And I think that, you know, the man uh, gimmick kind of developed from there, certainly when Nia Jax uh, broke her face and you've got that iconic picture now of her kind of, um, you know, giving up for kind of, the battle with Nia Jax with a bloody face, but uh, um, Becky Lynch has been one of the kind of revelations of the last, well, of the last decade, really. I think that the effort she's put into her character um, and uh, the effort she, that she's put into kind of building this persona and the effort that she puts into every single match has really got herself into this main event picture. Um, and with a, a groundswell of support from the fans, and uh, I'd say I think Ronda Rousey has been a, a fantastic heel. She's uh, not long turned heel, but she's been, uh, you know, a fantastic heel going into this match. And Charlotte, the queen, uh, kind of the, you know, the the poster woman for the WWE. Um, and I think these three iconic figures, um, I don't think the WWE could have done anything else apart from put these three in the main event. And that's what we got Um Leading into this match, kind of where was your excitement level? What did you think about the three competitors? Uh, what was you looking forward to most? Um, Heather, let me start with you. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, did you think this was deserving to be a main event? And what were your thoughts going into it? No, um, I didn't. Oh, controversial. I'm, I'm a woman, right? Everyone, shock horror. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't. And it's a shame, really, but I've, I've had enough of Charlotte Flair. 
She okay. can go away. Ronda Rousey, I don't really see the hype. She's she's not a character. She's not a good heel. You know, no. Always love Becky Lynch. Always thought that she's fantastic. I would have preferred to have seen her up against somebody, uh, somebody like Nia. You know, I'd, I maybe we see that. You know, you broke my face. Let's have it out at WrestleMania, even though we've had it out before. Somebody just as kind of, you know, um, strong in themselves and in, in in their integrity and in their character um, as Nia is and who as Becky is. I, I just I'm not into. Uh, Ronda and Charlotte's gimmicks now having said all of that very very talented wrestlers you know Charlotte Flair's probably one of the best technical wrestlers female wrestlers that they've got yes. um you know so so I always enjoy watching her perform in a match um yeah so when I actually watched it I was actually you know really really blown away by it I found myself getting excited and I didn't think I would be because I was a bit like about the match before I started watching it but I absolutely loved it um I was into it kind of from from the minute until until the end and um I correctly called it I I on your prediction show you were you were saying John is that um you thought Charlotte would walk away with the title I did um but I'm really really glad that she didn't and I'm really glad that Becky won because she's a deserving champion and hopefully can take the women's division really really far Okay, and Chris, uh, what were your thoughts going into this match? Yeah, I was I was actually excited for it, and I felt that it was the best main event for now. Uh, there's definitely, as much as there's a lot of talent in the WWE at the moment, there's also a lot of people just misused, mm. and there's a lot of people not hitting their full potential and not getting main event spots, and... It's because the storylines aren't there. The the interest isn't there. There's a, there's a lot that's the lot. There's a lot that's missing that makes it worthy of a WrestleMania main event. I think this storyline and these three girls, or these three women, uh, had it all. I it, I genuinely didn't think there was any other better main event that could have been picked for this year. Um, so I was happy to see it. I was happy to see it deliver as well. Um, yeah, it definitely did that. Didn't understand Charlotte's. Uh, Charlotte's entrance before Ronda Rousey's entrance oh, in, in the helicopter. Yeah. Got a bit confused about that, but at the same time, uh, interesting little little segment before the match. Yeah, um, it was it was a little bit different. But uh, so let's let's go through some of the the key uh, spots of the match before we talk about the outcome. So um, th- th- there's a spot where kind of Ronda Rousey applies like a double armbar to both of her opponents, uh, Lynch and Flair, uh, across the top uh, rope. Uh, Lynch is able to break free, but uh, Lynch kind of comes across and drop kicks Ronda Rousey uh, from her kind of upside down position onto the floor on the outside. That looked like a, a bit of a tough spot to take. Uh, Becky then executes an inverted DDT and a regular DDT on both Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. So that was quite a cool kind of uh, double T move there. There's a, a Beck exploder from the second turnbuckle onto Charlotte, which uh, is followed up by a flying crossbody onto Ronda. Uh, sorry, from Ronda. Uh, so uh, all three kind of getting involved here all at the same time. There's several kind of disarmor attempts from Becky and armbar attempts from Ronda throughout this match. There's also a, quite a scary Spanish fly spot uh, with Charlotte landing heavily and quite awkwardly on her right knee, which kind of played a part in the rest of the match. And uh, Becky nearly landed on her head from that uh, Spanish fly move. 
still very impressive nonetheless. There's a, a figure eight from Charlotte onto Ronda, which is uh, broken up by a flying leg drop from uh, Becky from the top turnbuckle, which is quite impressive. Then a table is introduced, uh, which Charlotte is eventually hip-tossed through. Uh, the end of the match comes when Rousey hits a, a, a wicked kind of knee strike to the face of Becky before going for her Piper's Pit. Uh, but Becky pulls back in like a, a crucifix um, pin um, and, and kind of holds, uh, well, I see it holds Ronda's shoulders down, but gets a three count. Um, and, and we have a new kind of uh, winner takes all uh, champions. So we've got Becky Lynch as the SmackDown Women's Champion of the Raw Women's Champion. Um, it, 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 it seemed a very awkward ending, um, a very awkward finish with Rousey possibly getting her shoulder up very briefly on the one count. Um, but uh, but Becky Lynch, um, th- that was acknowledged by Corey Graves on, on the mic. And they did show a replay, which clearly showed that kind of on the one count, Rousey brought her shoulder up and then was back down again for the two and three. So possibly an error on, on behalf of the referee, whether the match was meant to have ended there or was meant, whether it's meant to have gone a little bit longer and ended a slightly different way there's speculation that maybe uh, Becky Lynch was meant to have gone over you know by getting uh, Charlotte to tap out to her disarmor but a lot of people are saying or you know reports um, you know Dave Meltzer and one or two others saying that that yes this was the planned finish uh, whether it was meant to be as controversial as it ended up being um, but I thought the match was good uh, definitely a very deserving winner um, and uh, kind of a, another um, happy ending, another babyface win, another babyface champion to finish um, off WrestleMania. So I think it definitely sent the fans home happy. Um, but what are your opinions of the match and the way the match ended? Uh, Chris, let me start with you. Um, what, do you what do you think? Like I say, one of the most important main events to WrestleMania. Um, and uh, did it end on a bit of a flat note to you? I mean, what, what was your kind of thoughts and opinions of how this match ended and uh of the of the new champion great match great build um the, all throughout it kind of had that feeling of not knowing what was going to happen yeah uh ronda took an absolute beating throughout and i that i don't think that was just on the moves that yeah. that were on her but also what she was doing you, you could see the amount of bruises and random cuts all over her body before the end of it so fair play to ronda i think we do forget that She's only really been wrestling a couple of years. I know it's been a year since her debut, but she she hasn't like for her to actually step up to this level. I think I think she did um, she did deliver. Um, however, if the last three seconds w- was her fault, then uh, maybe that throws away because it, it was a little bit of a, a of a kind of down downer ending to what should be a really big moment. Um, I don't think it was an accident myself, but mostly because Charlotte Flair was out of the ring for a good couple of minutes uh, up until the end of that 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 match. So I felt like it's a typical freeway freeway dance ending is yeah. to just just have it like that. Um, I do I did think that if Ronda was going to lose, it would be by a pin. I think the big thing they're going to have is uh, if the, if they keep her never tapping out for the next five years or however long she decides to wrestle. It, it will be a big thing the moment she does tap out. And I don't think they're going to give that. They they would have given that to Becky Lynch when she could have just pinned her uh, anyway. And we'll, I guess we'll find out with the storyline where, where it goes from here. But um, generally, really, really good match. I, f- I felt it lived up to what it needed to be. Uh, just a slight shame about the ending. If, it, if there was any other type of pinfall, it probably would have been a bit more of a dominant win for Becky. 
glad that it wasn't. I like the the fact that it's open now. You know, I kind of want Ronda to come back and be like, you didn't actually win. And obviously we've all seen the replays, but I think it's it's actually opened up, um, you know, more controversy um, for future storylines. It gives them a little something to play with. Mm, yeah, so it could leave the the story open ended if uh, if and when Ronda uh, returns, you say we, you know, you never actually pinned me. Look at the replays, but uh, I, I thought I, I have to echo what Chris said there. A fantastic match, uh, really enjoyed it. Ronda Rousey, I think she likes you know likes them to kind of lay it on thick when you know for for the realism for the. Uh, you know, for the uh, yeah, the, the real element of it, she she likes them to kind of you know don't pull the punches um, because she is one tough competitor. And uh, same goes for for Charlotte and Becky. I thought it was a, a fantastic uh, way to close out WrestleMania. Although you know, say the, the, the three count was a little bit um, questionable or a little bit awkward. I thought that the fans didn't really know whether it was the end or not, and I don't think Becky quite got the reaction that she was hoping for. The WWE didn't quite get the reaction that they were hoping for because of that confusion um but um we got you know quite a few uh, happy endings in this wrestlemania we got seth rollins opening the show and uh, winning the universal champion uh, championship quite early on uh, we got uh, kofi mania halfway through when uh, he managed to beat daniel bryan in that outstanding match for the wwe championship and then uh, this match here to, to close out the show and uh, yeah i i i, I mean if you were to kind of, you know, give this a thumbs up or a thumbs down, uh, WrestleMania 35, um, Chris, how would you kind of, you know, rank this this WrestleMania in terms of, you know, was it a thumbs up or a thumbs down show? Thumbs in the middle, you know, did you enjoy the show overall? And, um, you know, how did it kind of rate for you then? Yeah, uh, a, a thumbs up from me. Um, good to see a... It was it was a good WrestleMania that didn't need the Undertaker, and maybe that was because we got the Doctor of Fucking Homics. But the I, I just felt like there's there's a lot that the WWE need to do to just kind of be different from what they've always done, and WrestleMania is their main show where they have to always deliver. And there were some matches on the card that maybe didn't need to be there, but that's probably always going to be the case with a seven and a half hour show or however long it actually lasted, yeah. and. Uh, overall, I felt like it was a good mania to watch. Um, I usually end up watching them two or three times in the first week. Um, so yeah, there's, there's nothing that's really throwing me off saying it wasn't worth watching. There was, there was more than a handful of matches to keep you entertained. So yeah, Yeah. a a thumbs up from me. Good. Heather? Would have been, um, a bigger thumbs up if, uh, Vince McMahon had actually come out. Um, and thought George Mizanin <laughs> there's a Wrestlemania moment everyone yeah. knew. that could be our main event for next year that could be our That's main it. George Mizanin versus uh, Vince McMahon yeah that, that would that would definitely pull the crowd <laughs> um, no the really crowd. really loves it definitely a big thumbs up um, always love watching Wrestlemania like however you feel about the matches it's a, it's a spectacle it's um it's an opportunity for you to sit down with with the people that you love in your life that love wrestling and and enjoy it um and just to kind of throw yourself in it so yeah oh definitely a good one excellent okay well i'm gonna give it a thumbs up as well and um i know that on the wrestling with Jono's facebook group there was a lot of mixed reactions a lot of mixed uh, um you know ratings uh, going up on the board there some you know rating it maybe 
four or five out of ten, some as high as seven, seven and a half, eight out of ten. Um, so a lot of different opinions on in terms of you know how they thought um, WrestleMania was as an overall show. I think the main criticism, the main kind of comments um, and feedback is, is always the length of WrestleMania, and this was the longest. WWE wrestling show in, in the history to be honest with you with a two hour pre-show and then nearly five and a half hours for the main card and 16 matches overall and like we said earlier even some of those um, felt rushed you know two minute matches three minute matches um, but you know they've got to get their kind of entertainment in they've got to get their, their skits in with Elias and uh, um, of course Triple H has to have a 20 minute plus match um, but uh, yeah I'd, I'd agree with both of you I think it was definitely a thumbs up show um, I think there were one or two matches that they really could have done done away with. I think they could have sliced an hour off the show quite easily and, and probably given a little bit more time to some of the bigger matches. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I'm already looking forward to uh, next year's WrestleMania. Um, and and uh, it is. No, that'd be great. Great opportunity to get Kyrie Sane involved in the women's yeah. championship match. She is our... Uh, our Sky Pirate, of course, but um, yeah, no, really good WrestleMania. Uh, it will, will be remembered for uh, uh, many things, including the Shane McMahon and, and Ms. Uh, Suplex, um, and uh, not necessarily the, the Triple H and Batista match or the, the nose ring incident. Uh, George Mizanin, I think, uh, definitely gets his WrestleMania moment there. Um, yes. <laughs> it's a new Nicholas, um, but uh, no, a, a good good WrestleMania, um, and uh, yeah, I think next year, please Vince, just uh, cut an hour off of it and give us a four and a half hour show instead of five and a half hours. But uh, there we go. So that's the the end of our WrestleMania review. Just want to thank um, Chris, half decent, and uh, and Heather for uh, dropping on the pod, and uh, thank you very much, um, Chris. First of all, um, have you got any any plugs for yourself? Any 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 Twitter pages or uh, any social media you want to you want to plug before we say goodbye? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I do rap and produce and make music. You can check it all out on any streaming platform under Half Decent, or follow me on Twitter or Instagram under HalfDecentMusic.com. I also collect uh, wrestling Hasbro toys and have a Instagram for that, which is called Half Decent Hasbros. So uh, check that out for all your Half Decent wrestling related things. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very much. And, and Heather, any social media you want us to plug? Yeah, um, so you can follow me on um, finishingmovelimited.com. Um, that's the website. You can have a little look on there, see what you can find, find something fun. There's also an Instagram, same name, Finishing Move Limited. Um, or if you're not into that, you can follow just me, which is H to the Piz Age. <laughs> excellent we'll all be Not looking out cool. for that um and, and of course you can you can follow wrestling with john as you can email the show if you uh, have any feedback or anything uh, uh, you want to ask us wrestling with john at gmail.com uh, you can find us on twitter at with john underscore pod uh once again we're on instagram uh, instagram.com forward slash wrestling with john um, and i urge you all to try and find our facebook uh, group and to urge you to be part of that and uh, just go on to facebook search wrestling with john and to be part of that group uh, but that draws uh, an end to this special episode and uh, thank you once again uh, Chris and Heather for being a part of this we'd love to get you involved on a future episode so thank you once again for dropping on the pod today um, yeah and um, there we go to all of our listeners of Wrestling with Jonas thank you very much for listening and we'll catch up with you all again soon